Angie's List is now Angie, and we've heard a lot of theories about why. I thought it was an eco-move. Fewer words, less paper. No, it was so you could say it faster. No, it's to be more iconic. Must be a tech thing. But those aren't quite right. It's because now you can compare upfront prices, book a service instantly, and even get your project handled from start to finish. Sounds easy. It is, and it makes us so much more than just a list. Get started at Angie.com. That's A-N-G-I. Or download the app today. You can host the best backyard barbecue. When you find a professional on Angie to make your backyard the best around. Connect with skilled professionals to get all your home projects done well. Inside to outside. Repairs to renovations. Get started on the Angie app or visit Angie.com today. You can do this when you Angie that. The Angie's List you know and trust is now Angie. And we're so much more than just a list. We still connect you with top local pros and show you ratings and reviews. But now we also let you compare upfront prices on hundreds of projects and book a service instantly. We can even handle the rest of your project from start to finish. So remember, Angie's List is now Angie. And we're here to get your job done right. Get started at Angie.com. That's A-N-G-I. Or download the app today. Alexa, who is Adam Ferrara? Adam Ferrara is an American actor and comedian known for playing the roles of Chief Needles Nelson on Rescue Me, Sergeant Frank Fuelli opposite Edie Falco on Nurse Jackie. He was a co-host on the U.S. version of Top Gear. Adam podcast is a big hit and available everywhere. Sounds like it could be funny. Sounds to me like 30 minutes you'll never get back. I am so glad you are here because it is showtime. We have, yes, we do, another great show for you again this week. My guest in the ADD interview is writer, comedian. You know him as a finalist from Last Comic Standing, and he's my pal. His name is Chris Porter. And we want to welcome everyone from our Talk To Me Tuesday family. That is our conversation we have every week, 9 o'clock Eastern, 6 p.m. Pacific. Go to my website, click the link, and join our conversation. And our super fan shout-out is for... Donna. Say hi to Donna, everybody. Hey, Donna. How you doing? Hi, Donna. Okay, that's not Alex. That's me. <laughs> Where's Alex? Alex is not feeling well, so uh, it's just me and you, Stern. And Phil's very upset about the whole thing. I can't take this. I can't take it. I know. Phil can't take that. <laughs> you know what? I think, I'll be honest with you, Stern, it's kind of better I'm here. I'm in New York right now. She's home. She's not feeling well. If I was there, I would hover over her and make it worse. I'm pretty sure that's what I would do. <laughs> Are you all right? All right. Are you all right? What? You want me to rub the feet again? <laughs> I was sleeping. Drink this soup. Uh, so, yeah. So we are going to forge ahead. Uh, it's a great interview, and we're going to have fun on this show. And I, I have an email. Uh, it says, hi, Adam, Alex, Stern, and Phil. I am a longtime fan and a Minnesota police officer. After listening to last week's episode, I am very glad that, Adam, you are an actor. <laughs> you didn't like the psych profile for you as a potential police officer i don't think so it, it it started out as a compliment i don't think it ended up that way 
<laughs> it's a little little backhanded, sure. Yeah. He said, thanks for the laughs. Uh, I like when Phil yells and Alex is my favorite. Oh, okay. And his name is Gerald, Officer Gerald. So He's a friend of ours. That's what we got. Well, thanks, Officer, Officer Gerald. Gerald. Yeah. Uh, but you're, yeah. But you're, you're playing a cop. You're shooting this week in New York, right? Yes, I am here in New York and uh, I am shooting. And you know what I did on the set? I uh, actually, I corrected a regret I had. Let me tell you what oh. happened. Uh, we shot the first uh, the first scene and um, they did my coverage. They shoot a master shot of everybody. Then they shoot coverage and they cut it together. So I did my first take and the director goes, that was great. Perfect. He goes, how do you feel? You want another one? I said, yeah, give me one for a friend. And I, when I was offered another take, I took it. I, w I was offered another take on NCIS and I looked at the director. I said, you happy? He goes, he goes, yeah, I'm happy. You nailed it. I said, okay, great. Let's move on. And I was always kicking myself because I had an opportunity to do something different. But yeah, was well, that's going to be a fine line to walk. I mean, because if the director's fine with it, you don't want to be oh, like, wear out your welcome. You don't be like, yeah, sure. No, I'm not, if they ask you, if they ask you, it's kind of okay. You know, and believe me, if, if you're doing something they don't like and they want to make a change, you'll get a note. You know, that's, the, well, my that's common. I've obviously never been on a TV set, but my only experience of it is through you. And and this is this is not throwing grenades at Dennis Leary, whom I love dearly and think he's so talented. But you told me when he was running things, it was you got two takes, and the second one better be great. Yeah, and so, he's my friend. So <laughs> right, right. It's just, I mean, it's for me that would be a little intimidating. But I could see getting through that and being like. Like sort of the conditioned response of just being like, well, no, I'm going to get this in one take and one take is good, you know? Yeah. And some, you know, I hear some actors are like, I only want to do one take because every take after that is not going to be as good as that first one. Yeah, so, but when it's, it, you're, you're playing for the editor. He could find something there that he can, you know, I, it's, I, I'll be honest with you. When I was offered it, I went home and I thought of things I could have done. It's like, it's like whenever you leave an interview or an audition, you put the key in the car, you're like, ah, shit, I should have done that. So, yes. And you know me and you know me in my mind. So that drove me crazy <laughs> for two days. <laughs> well, so what did you, can I ask what you did with your, your second opportunity and the choice that you, you made for that second take? I didn't do any, I didn't make any conscious choice to do anything different, but I just did it again. And I found something in a look, there had to be a look where I had to see a car and I had to make an exit and, uh, something different happened on that look. Now, whether they use it or not, I don't know, but at least I, I, I got out of my own way and let something, something else happen. And I went more importantly, I went home and I said, I did my job today. And I found something else to obsess about rather than that. <laughs> Check that What's here's, next on the obsession list? Yeah. Here's the thing I discovered. <laughs> It's thoughts are fine. Thoughts are like, you know, pure. It's thinking that drives me crazy. <laughs> yes. Yes. That is the distinction. Yeah. Thinking right. it's just on. Yeah. It's just all the time. Oh, my God. I'll yeah. have a thought. And then the thinking is me commenting on the thought. And that's what's driving me crazy. <laughs> so it's like it's like when the, the meditation class. You have to get in between your thoughts. What's in between my thoughts is thinking, commenting on the thoughts and driving me insane. So <laughs> so if we took anything from from this open today, it's thoughts are good. Thinking bad. Yes, that is the takeaway. That's distilling it down the bottom line. But I will just say I love that your your choice in that moment was mm -hmm. like a subtle, like, this is something that I I felt and I want to do it. And it was just a look, right? Or an extended look or whatever. If they said, Stern, and this is why I'm not an actor, by the way, one of the many reasons, Stern, do you want to try that again? 
I, I'm going to do it in a Scottish accent this time. <laughs> like, what are you doing? No. Yeah. Now you're just wasting our time, you moron. They go, they're no. going back to Video Village going, don't ever ask him. Again. <laughs> <laughs> like, what the hell is this? Yeah. So, but, but see, but knowing like, okay, the second opportunity. And that is an incredibly empowering thing. What? Even if it's something like, okay, I'm coming up on this crossroads again. The last time I made that choice and I was unhappy with it, and now I see it again. And to me, that's all about evolution as a person. Be like, okay, same choice. Now I'm going to make this different choice because I was unhappy with that last one. I mean, what's the definition of insanity? Mm. Doing the same thing, expecting a different result over and over and over again. I can't take this. I can't take it. See, it's driving him crazy, too. <laughs> Phil, Phil, make another choice. Come on, buddy. Yeah. I'll be honest with you. I'd like to say, you know what? I had an artistic vision. I'm like, ah, this is going to be a long ride home if I don't take advantage of this this time. <laughs> well, good. That's knowing you. Yeah, it's something, you know, and God knows what you obsessed about after that, but at least you crossed that off the list. But I found other shit to drive myself crazy, but at least it wasn't that. And I, I did change. I did change a regret when I had an opportunity to do it. Yeah. And, uh, yeah. Chris Porter had a chance to correct a regret and he uh, jumped out of an airplane. <laughs> what? Wow. Okay. Well, that's a big leap. Yeah. No pun intended. Yeah. You guys listen to this and we will see you on the other side. Regret is the emotion we experience when we think that our present situation could be better or happier if we had done something different in the past. Ah, shit, I should have done that. <laughs> You're listening to the Adam Ferrara Podcast. This is 30 Minutes You'll Never Get Back. Oh, this is a half hour of bullshit right here. You can host the best backyard barbecue. When you find a professional on Angie to make your backyard the best around. Connect with skilled professionals to get all your home projects done well. Inside to outside. Repairs to renovations. Get started on the Angie app or visit Angie.com today. You can do this when you Angie that. Angie's list is now Angie, and we've heard a lot of theories about why. I thought it was an eco-move. Fewer words, less paper. No, it was so you could say it faster. No, it's to be more iconic. Must be a tech thing. But those aren't quite right. It's because now you can compare upfront prices, book a service instantly, and even get your project handled from start to finish. Sounds easy. It is, and it makes us so much more than just a list. Get started at Angie.com. That's A-N-G-I. Or download the app today. What are you doing Saturday? Well, if you're in San Francisco, come and see me. I will be at Cobb's Comedy Club this Saturday the 15th. One night, two shows. And next weekend, if you're in Escondido, California, I will be at the Grand Comedy Club April 21st and 22nd. There's a link for tickets right here in the show notes. Or you can go to my website and click the link there. And as always, you know I want to shake your hand. So come up after the show and let me thank you for the love and support you've shown me and this podcast. Do I need to tell you again? Obviously, I do. Go on. Get out of here. Pay attention when I'm talking to you, boy. ADHD. It's not just for kids. Nice boy, but doesn't listen to a word you say. Welcome to the ADD interview. It's not that you're not interesting. It's just that I can't focus. And my guest this week is... Oh, look, a bird. 
My guest this week is a stand-up you know from being a finalist on Last Comic Standing and appearing in the movie Opening Act, written and directed by my pal and friend of the show, Steve Byrne. His latest special, Man from Kansas, is very funny and available for you on Amazon Prime. He is a simple man in a complicated world. He believes Hunt's is broke-ass ketchup and Havarti is bullshit, tasteless cheese. Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, please help me welcome my pal, Chris Porter. How are you, my friend? I'm good, Adam. How are you, buddy? God, it's been a long time, and thank you so much for doing this. I haven't seen you, I'm going to say, Indianapolis. I think that was the last time we saw each other. Yeah, man. That was, I was hoping, I was featuring for you. Yeah. And I, I mean, that was before Top Gear. That was yeah. a long time ago. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, I just remember that was kind of a, a great week for me because I'd always, you know, I looked up to you as a comic and then to oh. finally just get to meet you and you were so cool. And oh, thanks, I remember we, we went to the library and we wrote. Yeah. You're like, come on, we're going to go write. And I was like, oh, OK. I was, <laughs> I was like, all right, I was going to smoke weed and fucking watch prices. Right. But if you want to be productive, I guess this is how we do it. That's. I'll tell Bob Barker I'll be back tomorrow. Shit. I yeah, I mean it's the same shit every day. Third game's the car. Sixth game's the car. Like everyone knows. Oh, that's funny. And I just because we had to stay in that condo. Yeah. Yeah. The which was a classic comedy condo. It was a TV, a couch, and two beds. Yeah. And, and yeah. Two two lonely guys. <laughs> two lonely with guys. notebook going. I'm not eating that mayonnaise, and I don't think you should either. No, because everyone's heard the story about the guy that put his dick in it. Yeah, yeah, I'm not doing it. There's a ball print in that mayonnaise, and I think it's John Fox's. I'm not going anywhere near that. 100%. I'm pretty sure they sell mayonnaise just already with his ball prints in it. (laughs) Like they did some sort of plastic cast. (laughs) Well, I remember uh, uh, Screaming at the Cosmos. That was the one, uh, one of your specials. Uh, oh, that was the first one. Yeah, yeah, that one really made me laugh. And and your new one right now, Man from Kansas, makes me laugh, too. And I agree with your assessment of Havarti cheese. I really do. Yeah, man, that's a bullshit cheese. Isn't bro. it? Yeah. It's just fucking, first off, it just lays there. Yeah. Just you barely know it's there. Yeah, I want the fat, but I don't want the taste or enjoyment of eating it. That's what I want. Yeah, yeah. No, I want a fucking, I'm like, you know, I want a cheddar. Yeah, uh, a sharp I a, cheddar. I want a cheddar that, that, that insults sharp my cheddar. parents. That's the kind of cheddar I want. Yeah. Like you walk in and it just starts making fun of your outfit. Yeah, yeah, that's what and you're I like. Want. What the fuck? Easy. <laughs> no. I want to know you there. <laughs> yeah, like fuck. I got a fight with salami and capicola over here. <laughs> <laughs> I here's the things I I, I really liked about because uh, I listened I listened to your special last night, man from Kansas. I like the fact that you can go that that granular and then you get global. You get bigger yeah. things that like I, I love when comics and, and music too articulates a feeling that I've had for a couple of months and just crystallizes stuff. And I want yeah, for sure. I want to open with this bit because I love this. Google is not an answer engine. It's a search engine. It doesn't tell you when you're being a dumbass. It just connects you with 80,000 other dumbasses. I think the same dumbass shit you do. I Googled, the sun is bullshit. (laughs) You know the sun, the S-U-N, the ball of fire in the sky that says, hey, it's daytime. I thought we were all 100% 
on the sun. I don't believe that we as a nation should ever round people up due to their beliefs. But should we ever start? We need to start with these window lickers. All right? Oh, that made me laugh. <laughs> that made me laugh. That's because it's just a hundred percent. You know, it, it's. Oh, I did my own research. Really? He did his own. Yeah, for sure. And it's like, no, you didn't. You just Googled something, <laughs> and the internet doesn't fact check anything. Nah. Like you, you, it's, it's just a, it's a dartboard of yeah. stuff. Yeah. And and people just pin it up there, and and the problem is you get people. You know, all the fucking D students that don't grasp concepts. You know, these YouTube videos of guys that take this finite amount of points yeah. and go, this is, you never know. Yeah. And these dumb, and these dumb shits yeah. are just like, yeah. Yeah. I like, yeah, it. the earth probably is flat. There is, <laughs> yeah. It's probably big globe. Yeah. You know, these globe makers have so much money to make. Yeah. That, well, but, that's the thing is like people, the other, the other issue that gets because people say the most outrageous stuff and then couch it by going, I'm just asking a question. No, you're not. <laughs> no, you're not. You're pushing an no, agenda, you, you coward. That's what you're doing. First off, you never said what, when, why, or how. Yeah. So questions are out. <laughs> Because that's how you start them. Yeah. <laughs> Human nature is such that if these global conspiracies were pulled off, don't you think there's some guy going to tell some just doing just to get a girl? He's going to tell somebody just to, or the, do you know how much money there is yes. in breaking conspiracies? Yes. If you just come on and be like, hey, man, here's what really happened with Malaysia 370. Yeah. And then it's like, oh, okay. And they're like, well, they, the guy did, but they shut him up. Yeah. yeah and it's they like, shut him no, up. they didn't. <laughs> yeah. they didn't I, if know. you can make thirty two ninety nine for the hardcover that, that really tells the truth that's provable, that guy's going to do yeah. it. 100%. Yeah. I mean, look at Deep Throat. Like, we still talk about him. Yeah. Some guy in a parking garage. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. My friend Phil, he sees ghosts all the time. And I keep telling him, leave the dead alone. Just leave them alone. They're not coming yeah, back. Yeah. Your grandma well, better yet tell them to leave you alone. <laughs> <laughs> Next time you see him, be like, hey, man, you, you're done here. Yeah. Yeah. But but that's the thing about people. Go, I'm special. They're talking to me. Yeah. Because the mind works that we can we can judge our own success in comparison to somebody else. Yeah. It's just like when. Uh, I mean, I compare it to like remember when that guy jumped. He like uh, free fell basically from space. Mm -hmm. He did it for like Red, yeah, Red Bull. Bull. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And he did like eight hundred miles an hour. Yeah. And they were like, "What was it like?" And he was like, "Well, I didn't have anything to compare it to." Yeah. He was like, "So it didn't feel like I was doing any faster than I was normally going." Yeah. yeah. Just because, and I've sky and I've sky diven, sky doven, dove, sky dove. I went skydiving. That's good. Uh, and you don't feel like you're falling. What do you feel like? You feel like you're flying. Wow. Because because there's nothing. I mean, the ground's getting closer, but not very quickly, mm -hmm. you know, because you're at 13,000 feet. So you got a minute. <laughs> you know, I mean, you have enough time to like freak the fuck out right. and then be like, oh, this is cool. And right. then be like, oh, this is really cool. Like right. you have a very long time. So I compare it to that. It's like you have to compare where you are. 
because that's how otherwise you there's no like if you don't compare it like then you have no idea where yeah, you are. You can't start to sense. It's like, you know, when you are, you can't fill that in because you don't have anything. Yeah. To to. Yeah. Because, yeah. So, but also a lot of people's perspective is just so fucked up. Yeah. Yeah. You know. Let me ask you so. about the skydiving. Did you do it? Uh, did you do something you always wanted to do? Was it a bet? Was it a bachelor party? Was it a dare? So it was uh, something, it was kind of a regret that I had always had in like 2000, like during the last comic standing run. Mm-hmm. A lady in St. Louis had come up to me and been like, you want to go skydiving tomorrow? I run a company. And my grandpa was a pilot. Uh And he and my dad always said that his words were only two things fall out of the sky. And that's bird shit and idiots. (laughs) (laughs) And uh, and so I just kind of I was doing a lot of mushrooms at the time. So (laughs) I had this like vision of like my grandpa being like, this is how he's going to prove his point is kill me. And uh, so I didn't do it. I was just like, I don't want, again, I was doing a lot of hallucinogens. And uh, so then later on, I was like, I should have done that. Like fucking, that would have been a really cool thing to do. And I just passed on it. And then this comic that books, a lot of veteran shows called me out of the blue and was like, you want to go skydiving with the United States army? Hell and yeah. I was like, yeah, a hundred percent. So they came to Burbank and picked us up. It was me, Steve Byrne, Jim Jeffries, mm-hmm. uh, one of Felipe, uh, Felipe, uh, fucking, not Felipe, um, Martin, uh, one of Gabe, Gabriel's guys. Yeah, yeah. And then the other comic we went and they came and picked us up in Burbank, flew us up to Santa Barbara in the plane we were jumping out of. And, uh, I thought I did it because I have a huge fear of open heights. Okay. Like I can be in a plane or in the Sears tower all day, Mm -hmm. but as soon as there's a breeze, I'm just like, "Eh." right. Yeah. Mainly because I'm six foot four. Right. And railings are made for people that are five, eight. Ah, so I've always had an issue with open heights. And I thought that maybe it would help me with that. Okay. And, uh, so, we show up to Burbank. They literally, we, they meet us with like breakfast and then they fly us up to this thing. We watch a video. We sign our lives away because mm-hmm. we're being strapped to somebody. So all we're really doing is just holding on. Yeah. Holding on, screaming. Yeah. Yeah. But I figured if you're going to jump, jump with the army. Yeah. Cause these dudes jump into stadiums and stuff. Yeah. And because uh, it was the golden, there's that. Yeah, there's that. But this was the Golden Knights, which was their their show team. Okay. And uh, got up there, and uh, I was the first one to go in my flight. Ooh. So I had the scariest part was the flight up, because for the first two thousand feet, the door was open, and I'm <laughs> like directly, it's a UPS truck. <laughs> yes, and I. I'm directly in front of the door. So yeah. I'm just in front of an open door. And this seatbelt, man, it's not a seatbelt. It was like this, like two like things. Like It looks mm-hmm. like I'm doing the sex thing. But right. I couldn't figure it out to save my life. So I'm not even 100% on my seatbelt, right. whether or not it's even connected. And I'm white-knuckling the bar. because Not so much because of the uh, – 60% because of, of the open door, but 40% because I don't know if I'm restrained or not. Right. And – uh so then after 2,000 feet, they close the door, and we get up there, 
and we're just doing this mm. as we climb. And uh, and then at 13,000 feet, they open the door. And I'm like, here it comes. Ugh. And these guys are all cracking jokes. They've got, like, shtick that they do to, like, keep you calm and stuff. But as a comic, you're just like, this is not – you're just – Yeah. Hitting me with terrible comedy yeah. is not helping me. I don't need the Southwest flight attendant banter, okay? Yeah, yeah, a thousand percent. But in retrospect, it definitely calmed me down a little bit because I was more focused on, like, would you just shut up with the bad joke? <laughs> and so we hook up, and I look at the guy, and I go, so I go, when do I jump? He goes, you don't jump. He goes, I just, I'm going to count to three, and then we're gone. He's like, I'm going to do everything. And we, we get up to that door, and I'm holding on to my harness. <laughs> And they're video on the whole thing. I have video of the whole thing. Right. And I am as scared as I've ever been in my entire life. I'm like, Jesus Christ, what am I doing? As soon as he jumps, I went to having the greatest time. I've like I went from as scared as I've ever been to yeah. as much fun as I've ever had in my entire life in a split second. And the great part is it's on video. Mm -hmm. So you see me like, uh, uh, uh. <laughs> And this, and they got a guy in a squirrel suit, like zipping around me, like filming right. the whole thing. Mm -hmm. And he's like doing, and so that's really surreal to sure. be like flying and just seeing this guy just, and he's filming you and he's telling you like, hold your hands out and do this and all that stuff. And it was, and I knew it was going to be a lot of fun because Steve Byrne was even more scared than I was. Right. And he went the first flight. I was in the second one and he came back down and he was like, greatest thing I've ever done. Yeah. Greatest thing I've ever done. And uh, man, was it ever. Wow. And, uh, and then cut to like a few months later, the guy that I was strapped to just showed up to it. <laughs> he showed up to a show in Wilmington, North Carolina. Mm -hmm. And we went and got about as drunk as I think I've ever been. <laughs> Come on, I got and, the keys. Let's go up again. <laughs> and it was so, and we were like the biggest bro fest at that bar because like girls would walk by. I'm like, this guy jumps out of airplanes and you're like, this guy tells jokes. And so we were a huge hit. And then we ended up at a, I was like, we were so hammered because right. everyone was buying a shot. Sure. And then we went to, we went to waffle house and I was like, boys eat. And, uh, and in Wilmington, North Carolina, the waffle house is a fixture on main street. Mm -hmm. And you have to wear uh, a like jacket. Most waffle house, you do. You, there's a maitre d. Uh, <laughs> Uh, he's also a DJ, uh, uh, but yeah, no, it was, it was, but yeah, no, um, something, something I would do again with him. Right. You know, I, I see a lot of guys do it again with a dreadlock white guy named Brad. And right, I don't yeah. know if that's the way to do it. <laughs> I'll but, tell you uh, what really happened at Anzio. What? <laughs> Can we wait till we land first? <laughs> that's great that you went and you, you had a regret and you corrected it. That's I, I admire. And I think, you know, you, you got to have a little bit of life in your rearview mirror to not like what you did, but like what you do about it. Does that make any sense? A hundred percent. Yeah. Uh, we all make mistakes and we all do things we wish we would have done differently. And it's about if you have that opportunity again. Yeah. To to try to remedy that. And I also, you know. Here and there, I've tried to face fears. Like, mm -hmm. I was afraid of snakes as a kid, and so I took a herpetology class in high school to, like, thought it would help me get over my fear of snakes, and, and it did not. Okay. Uh, just helped me get over my fear of failing a class. Okay. <laughs>
Okay. Uh, the only thing that stopped me from failing that class was a buddy of mine caught an extra snake oh. and knew I needed points. <laughs> Look, I got this. And I he got was this like, from my hey, garden. He, yeah, he's like, here, I got this. You can just tell me how. And I was like, thank you, bro. <laughs> uh, but yeah, so, and you know, doing stand-up comedy, I mean, it was always something I thought about doing. Mm-hmm. But growing up in Kansas, you know, didn't understand or didn't even think or pursue the opportunity. Right. Like, I just didn't think it was an option. Yeah, I didn't. I didn't either. I got permission from my friends that were in a band. Like, they were actively writing songs and doing things. And I'm like, oh, you're allowed to do this, you know? Yeah. And it, they were older dudes. And I was like, and I was, I used to work the lights uh, for them. And I was like, wow. Uh, you can chase this stuff. And then my father actually gave me permission when I tried to do stand-up the first time, who told me to do it. And that's what somebody gave me that permission to do. Oh, really? Yeah. See, yeah. I had uncles that were musicians, and but, and, you know, and now they're, they've got good gigs. And, you know, my uncle's been very, my uncle's been very successful in an Irish band and, mm-hmm. and they travel all over the world. Um, but, you know, at the time yeah. they were, you know, working jobs yeah. and, you know, busting their ass at night. And mom was always just kind of like, is that, you know, not that your uncles aren't great guys, but is that the life you want to lead? Yeah. And I was like, you know, I don't know. I'm, you know, I'm 12. Get off my back. <laughs> I don't know. This paper yeah. out ain't cutting it. I know that. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I just, uh, you know, and so, um, yeah, I got, I got hit in the head with a golf ball when I was 17 mm-hmm. and I was, I was going into the Navy and, uh, you know, that what that really did was just kind of showed, you know, put into my brain that like there you, you can plan whatever you want, but life's going to do what it's going to do. And you yeah. have to kind of go, just go with it and maybe kind of carpe diem a little more. So when my buddy called and said, I'm going to do a comedy open mic night uh, at this comedy club that I didn't even know really existed. Mm. I was like, like my mind was opened and I, and that was right after that had happened. So I was just like, well, fucking let's try this. Yeah. You were ready for it. Yeah. And, uh, granted I, I was still a virgin at 19. So at the time it was stand up comedy was the greatest thing I've ever had ever done. Mm-hmm. And then stand up comedy is what got me laid for the first time. So I guess I, so if, even if it ended there, it served its purpose. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So, but luckily, uh, you know, it worked out. Yeah, so. it worked out. And your stuff is great. I mean, one, I'm going to play this bit because this, this is, this is, I think, my new favorite bit of yours. Men deal in three emotions, 98 percent of their lives. Men deal in happy, angry, or confused. <laughs> yeah. And I know there are women in here going horny, but horny is happy and angry at the same time. <laughs> Yeah, we're happy we got a boner. We're angry we got nowhere to put it. (laughs) Otherwise, dude's dealing three emotions. Happy, angry, confused. If you give us any other emotion, our first instinct is to run it through those three emotions. (laughs) Sadness, watch your man watch his team lose the big game. He will go through all three emotions in about nine seconds. Big game's over. They lose. (laughs) It's a good year. It's a great year. You know, I didn't think we'd get this far. Fuck! (laughs) Fuck! What happened? 
What the fuck happened? We were so good all year. That observation and then and then the payoff and the whole that's brilliant. Brilliant. Oh, I, thanks, man. That's the stuff that uh, I like a feeling that, that when someone can articulate something I've gone through. And I think that's yeah. the real gift of our our uh, a way, way we can connect with other, with, with other people. That's awesome. Yeah. Now, is this, I just have to ask this backdrop, is that the actual set from 227? <laughs> yes. Or, I'm Florence. <laughs> well, then I'll be Jack A. You'll be Jack A. No, this is actually <laughs> Abbey Road Studios. Oh, yeah, of course it is. Yeah, that's Abbey Road, and that is Abbey Road 1969. That's, that's Studio 3. Uh, Pink Floyd did Piper at the Gates of Dawn there. The Beatles did that's Tomorrow Never Knows. That's amazing. Okay, my, so do you want to see something? Garage. And this will be kind of a reveal to your audience. <clears throat> yeah. my, my new special, which is yet to be released, is going to be called uh, There's No Money in Babies. Right. And... Uh, so I'm a huge vinyl fan. So that's the cover. Oh, that's great! Look at you. Yeah, that's that's the they made that into yesterday and today. Yeah, 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 yeah. And that's the butcher. I redid the butcher album. Yeah, that's great. I yeah. had I had Ethan Russell on my show who took the pictures from Get Back. He shot the cover. Oh, I, that's right. Yeah, and I had Glenn Johns who was the producer on the show. Yeah, and he was telling oh, me stories. Wow. Yeah, he was telling me all kinds of stories. It was fucking great. I'll tell you what, when that get when the get back documentary when the trailer came out, mm-hmm. I cried. Yeah. Cause I was like, you know, because you had no idea that this footage existed. Yeah. And you can tell just by the clarity of it that it was obviously never touched. Mm-hmm. And uh and that whole I, I'm watching I just watched it again. Yeah, it's it's a, a loop, it's a background thing, especially when I'm working. Yeah. Well, the reason it looks so, they cut, Alan Klein cut that, the manager who stole everything from him. He's the one that cut it and said, take out everybody. I don't want Yoko. I don't want, they took out all the other people, so there was no context. So it was just them yelling at each other. And it was, it was a, yeah, yeah. I don't want to see him like that, you know? Dude, it was, it, to me, it was as close to, you know, I'm not a religious person, mm-hmm. but I love, music is my religion. Right. Like, I, I've had, Way more religious experiences at concerts than mm. I ever did at a church. That's the drugs. Yeah. <laughs> I've been high at church, too. Didn't have the same feel. <laughs> to be fair. Uh, but to watch them mm-hmm. make that wreck. I mean, those scenes where George and John are just shooting the shit. Mm. And then in the back, Paul's figuring out let it be yeah you're like like it's hard not to just cry because you're like it's like watching the bible get written i i think you see the 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 production of something that we have the hindsight of looking back of seeing what this is going to become and it was just it was for, for us it was historical for them it was thursday you know Dude, that's what's crazy. And the best part is he was like, he figured out the first verse and he was still working out the second verse. And you're like, I know it. I know it. (laughs) (laughs) Call me, Paul. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, it was. And do you know how many comics are Dana Gould, Paul Reiser, Seinfeld, Ryan Hamilton, all guys that talk to about all this stuff. They're just all Beatle freak. The documentaries, especially. Nothing was the same when they left the world. Mm-hmm. I mean, every and everything from it 
you know, everything since then has has spawned some, in some fashion. Yeah, well, that from por- that band, that portal of time, that creative portal of time, that the introduction of the psychedelics and the and the movement of of uh, society, and to go just for the United States, sixty three Kennedy shot right. The country doesn't yeah. know what to do. They're in the blues, and here comes these guys on. There was one, you know, big show everybody watched. There was a collective, there was an agreed upon collective truth and agreed upon. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And, 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 and a focused um, gathering point for cultural events. And that's what it was. And it just blew, blew the doors off everything. And, and the joy that they, they, they wrote their own songs. They were, they, yeah. they were the vessels for this communication. You know, it gave yeah. a voice to there, a generation. And it's also like, I don't know if you watched that CNN documentary, 1972, mm. or maybe it's 1970. It's right. one of them. Right. And they just talk about the whole year and just like po- politics, mm-hmm. society, and just how crazy and, and poignant it was. Uh, I'm, but also, I'm like way into that shit. Like, yeah. I love documentaries about recent Yes, yeah. I think I'm in, I'm in my documentary years. <laughs> <I'm going>. Yeah. <laughs> I go between Bugs Bunny cartoons and documentaries. So, bro, you give me a show where you show me a thing, and then you tell me a little bit about that thing, and then you tell me how much that thing is worth. Mm-hmm. I'm probably going to watch your show. Okay, so, <laughs> Antique Roadshow, and and what oh. happened to the Malaysian flight, and and American Pickers, yeah, <laughs> those guys. That's oh, all that's it is. Funny. Yeah. You, you're a dude. I'm a dude. I'm a dude. <laughs> yeah. And one of the things I like about dudes is we, we like, because I, I love cars and, yeah. and, uh, and I'm not mechanical, um, but I do like um, where you drew the line in your act when it came to your manhood with the, the tackle app. Oh, yeah. yeah. Fucking these people. I'm a plate. Well, you know what? That's okay. Go ahead. But you can also use tackle to have a man come over and hang a television on your wall. And that's when I'm like, no, bro. You man up and you fucking hang a television. It takes 20 minutes and you get to use a drill. How are you not using a drill whenever you can? They are the best. They are half gun, half penis. They are the shit. They are a handheld dick that will burst through walls. They are battery-operated Viagra. Just woo, woo, woo. I carry one around during sporting events. Let's go. Woo, woo. Come on. That makes uh, me laugh. So you know that. St- I'll tell you what that joke stems from. Mm-hmm. I was at a Home Depot in L.A. Mm-hmm. And this dude in a fucking nice sweater and a and a real nice hair quaff, right, was w- walking around with this drill. Okay. And he walked up to an Hispanic gentleman mm-hmm. and goes, hey, man, I know you don't work here, but if I buy this drill, do the bits come with it? And I'm in the corner. I'm like, what? oh, God. It, yeah. And I'm just like, and the guy looks at him like as stunned as you and I are right. like, no. And he goes, OK, can I just buy one bit or do I have to buy the whole set? And I just, and I've had enough. I've had enough. So I walked up to him. I go, hey, man, man to man, just buy the drill, buy the bits. If you have a home, you will use it again. Yeah. And he goes, yeah, you're probably right. This is like the fourth time I've done this. I'm like, so you've bought a drill and returned it four times? Yeah. And you still have questions. Mm-hmm. 
I can't. And uh, so, and I think I went home immediately and wrote that, you yeah. know, because the tackle thing was already kind of in my head. Well, tackles but an yeah, app where you can get, just... get a guy to come over and do shit for you. Yeah, and they also have Task Rabbit, um, mm-hmm. a very funny uh, woman, opened for me last week in Sunnyvale. Her name was Emily Van Dyke, and she had a joke about Task Rabbit, or just about men in Northern California, how like they're not men because mm-hmm. they don't do, they can't do anything, right? She was like, can you fix my toil? And this guy's like, just call a task rabbit. She was like, why am I fucking you? <laughs> if, <laughs> you know. Well, here's the thing. Is I, I think I can do stuff. I don't have the mechanical ability to fix cars. I know that. I, I can do little oh, yeah. stuff. I can change the oil. I can smack the solenoid to get the starter to click. I can For sure. gap a spark But plug, in today's you know. world, that makes you a fucking genius. I know. My father my father cut our driveway with a bulldozer he rented. He did it in uh, one day. And I yeah. asked him, I said, Pop, where'd you learn to do this? He goes, what learn? This is what we're doing today. And he cut yeah. the driveway. Dude, me and my, I remember, so my grandpa was a mechanic, so my uncles were mechanics, mm-hmm. and I would take my car into them to get fixed, and then when I turned 17, they're like, nah, man. Bring it in on Saturday. We're going to show you how to do this, and you're going to do it. Yeah. yeah. And I'm like, I have money. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but I don't know. But have- I'm so glad they made me, and my dad would make you do shit. He would show you how to do it and go, well, now you do it. Yeah. Because he didn't want me, because if, if he didn't teach me how to do it, he knew he was going to have to come over in 20 years and do it. Yeah. Oh, my cousin, too. Like, I'm in California. Here's the other thing about me fixing stuff around the house is I got a wife. So it's not my choice. It's not my decision. You know, she's like, you're going to break it. You know, she, you, oh, God. And she's nervous the whole time. It's like you said, hanging the TV. One of my TVs yeah. in my garage, if you take it down, you'll see the little pinholes where I tried to find because I don't have a stud finder. So I'm measuring 16 on center with a finishing nail trying to find the beam. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And you'll see the little holes going bing, 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 bop. Okay, there it is. <laughs> Next time, just call me. I'll I'll loan you the 20 bucks for the stud finder. <laughs> I know you're good for it. Yeah, so the, just, the, uh, the, uh, the, the trash compactors, uh, the coffee went down there, right? So I I kind of figured, you know, the, the, the big nut on the bottom of the trash compactor, there's a coffee bean stuck in there. So you just, you take the wrench and you got to crush it. Yeah. Yeah. Wow, I had to have my cousin on the cell phone. My wife had to be listening. Then I'm asking my cousin, how drunk are you? He goes, I'm five. I go, a soft five or a hard five? He goes, all right, I'm a soft six. All right, okay, fine. So he's, don't worry, Alex, don't worry. Crack, and I did it. And she goes, oh, okay. And she was calmer. She was calmer because my drunk cousin was on the speakerphone. But I'll tell you what, especially in in California, if you want to soil a girl's underpants, fix something. Yeah. And they they just think you're the greatest dude on the planet. Hang a TV and just watch a girl finish. <laughs> just right there in the living room. Well, that's why I love your Jiffy Lube bit. I want to play that. They got the news on at Jiffy Lube, man. I don't need to watch the news at Jiffy Lube. I'm just waiting to see my air filter. Right, they bring it out to you like it's your abused child. Have you seen this? What are we going to do about this? You're going to put it back in the engine, Lewis. I got places to be. You're taking the GIF out of my lube here. Mr. Porter, your filter's dirty. Yeah, I know. It's a filter. 
That's what it does. Let's get one thing straight, Jiffy Lube. Only reason I'm here is because my garage does not have that giant hole in the floor where I could get underneath and do this shit myself. not hard but yeah it's just hard to get underneath your car man you know what i do i do the i do the ghetto jack i used to do that. I don't, i'm not laying on the ground anymore but i used to do the ghetto jack yeah. is i would pull it up on the sidewalk you know you find you find out where where the oil paint find out which side the nuts on and just pull that oh, okay. side, pull that on the sidewalk as close to you can give yourself room to lay under the car with well, with the car up on the sidewalk and you land there and change the oil <laughs> But doesn't that leave just some of the oil, like, over here in the pan, or does it get all of it? I, I mean, it's, it's going to slope this way. It's going to be a little bit in the pan, but not much. And and, yeah, and yeah. I never had the right tools, Chris. I mean, I never had a filter <laughs> wrench. I just take a screwdriver, shove it through the filter, and spin it, stab the filter, and just spin it around. <laughs> There's oil all over the place. <laughs> I come, out, so I come out looking like Jed Clampett after he shot the oil in the backyard and stuff all over me. So it's, yeah. Dude, I watch that Top Gear stuff uh, with you guys, and I'm just so I, that had to be such a fun show oh, to shoot. It was what made that show, Chris, was those guys, me and those, me and those other two idiots. We genuinely yeah. loved each other, still do. You know, that's so great. Yeah, yeah, and they they do seem like genuinely good dudes. Yeah, yeah. So to to get the to to get that opportunity is that that's I'm grateful for that. And then th- th- then I'm pissed it went away. So <laughs> those are the emotions yeah. I have. <laughs> Well, the special is called Man from Kansas. It's very funny. You can get it on Amazon Prime. I highly recommend you go see my friend Chris Porter if you get a chance to see him live. Where can people go to get your dates, pal? Uh, ChrisPorterComedy.com. All right. Well, best to you and your family, and thank you for taking the time. It was really good catching up with you. Uh, it was good catching up, brother, and uh, shoot me a text because yeah. I'd love to get lunch with you or something. Sounds good, my friend. All right, brother. I'll talk to you best soon. Best to you and your family. Angie has made it easier than ever to connect with skilled professionals to get all your jobs projects done well. I absolutely love this because, you know, if you own a home, it can be really hard to maintain. It's hard to find people that can help you for a big project or a small. Well, whether it's in everyday maintenance and repairs or making dream projects a reality, it can be hard just to know where to start. But now all you need to do is answer that and find a skilled local pro who will deliver the quality and expertise you need. Angie has over 20 years of home service experience, and they've combined it with new tools to simplify the whole process. Bring them your project online or with the Angie app, answer a few questions, and Angie can handle the rest from start to finish. Or help you compare quotes from multiple pros and connect instantly, which means you can take care of just about any home project in just a few taps, because when it comes to getting the most out of your home, you can do this when you Angie that. Download the free Angie mobile app today or visit Angie.com. That's A-N-G-I dot com. Hi, this is Chris Porter, and that was 30 minutes. I'm never going to get back. Oh, he makes me laugh. He's a really funny guy. I just got one question I'd like to ask at this point, if I could. Yeah, yeah. So the bits don't come with a drill? You can't just buy individual bits? It's, yeah, how's that work? I, oh, you're kidding me. You're, you're the guy. You're the guy in there. I am that guy. I'm the guy that will walk through the hardware store. By the way, here's something. I don't know if you heard this. You know what Kornheiser calls the hardware store? What? He's about as useless as I am when it comes to home projects. He calls it the nail store. <laughs> 
That's funny. <laughs> the nail store. The nail and uh, it, screw outlet. Right, exactly. But I'll go. I got no idea what I'm doing. There's a million different kinds of screws, drill bits, all this stuff. The only thing they have at the hardware store that I like is they have candy at the checkout. That's like, I don't know why it's there. <laughs> I'm like, this I understand. Yeah, I'll take some of these Skittles. Yeah, yeah, give me some Starburst. Yeah, I'm good here. Thank you. Stern, I just got to ask, when you get a haircut, do, they, do you sit on the horsey or do you sit in the chair? <laughs> I will say this. I don't go to a doctor unless there's a lollipop at the end of the day. Okay? Mm -hmm. That's just how I operate. The same with a bank. If I go to a bank, I want a lollipop every time. That's funny. But I, I can't. You've been to my my house. You've been uh -huh. to my apartment, rather, not a house. I have been. Uh, there's a I have a mirror like on the wall that's got like coat hooks underneath it. I hung it the first day I got here. It's so crooked. I look at it all the time and I'm and I'm so proud of it. I'm like, I got it up on the wall. Look at that. Yeah. I hang up I hang a picture. I'm like, Paul Bunyan ain't got shit on me. Okay. <laughs> I am a man's man. Look at I just did that. It That's is good. so it's pathetic, man. I have none of those skills. So yeah, I can, you got, I can I can do little stuff. Like what I told him was what because I didn't have the stud finder. It's like you know I I screw it up, but uh, but I'll get it done. Right. I remember I was working on a job once, and my I had to do something with the electrical service. It was I don't know what it was. My father goes, "Be careful with the screwdriver. Don't arc it." And I went, "Got it." No idea what he was talking about. <laughs> Because you don't want you don't want to say what what is arcing it mean. You yeah. want to look like you know what's going on. Of course, I'm not going to arc it. That don't worry about it. Yeah. yeah. Guess what happened? You know what arc it means? No. Electricity shot out of the panel onto the screwdriver and knocked me on the ground. <laughs> what? Jesus. <laughs> okay. I love Joe. God rest yeah. his soul. He's looking down at us right now, shaking his head. These two idiots don't have to do anything. Joe, maybe a little bit more of an explanation about arcing. <laughs> what that idea. I don't know. All, all I know is, and, and, and it was a Phillips screwdriver. So, so it looked like it, it was melted on the end where the electricity hit. And I was okay. Now, can I ask you another question? What? When you encountered that, and next time, did you make a different choice? There wasn't a next time. What are you kidding me? That was it. You get one shot at that. <laughs> Never mind. I'll do it. I got that a lot for my dad. Never mind. Yeah. I'll do it. <laughs> you get one shot. I told you a story when I was working on the car because my father could fix anything. And I wanted to be like my father. I'm working on the car. Right. Not going well at all. Oil's leaking. Blood spurting. Wrenches are falling. He's in the doorway smoking a Lucky. He puts his cigarette <laughs> out. He comes over. I'm sweating. He puts his hand on my shoulder. and said, son, you're going to have to get a job. And you have to work at something for the rest of your life. This ain't it. <laughs> and what were you like eight? Yeah, I, you know, I'm like, right, I'm crushed. <laughs> Sorry, Dad, I can't do. It. Yeah, I, my dad, my dad looked at me with a lot of the same feelings, like because he would did work in his car too. My mm -hmm. dad would put the like the coveralls on, like he was at a garage and he would change the oil and he'd like have me help him, and I would be like. Look, father, I can make a funny voice. Isn't this great? Like, yeah. Why don't you go in the yard and play a little bit? All right. But but yeah, no, that's that's great. So I, I, I think listen, I think Chris is super talented, super funny. I, I can't wait to see him live at some point when he comes through DC. But if I do get a chance to talk to him, I'm gonna tell him to his face he's full of shit. Okay. About that skydiving story. Skydiving story. This is like, oh no, it's it's once you jump out of the plane, doesn't even feel like you're falling. As someone that has jumped out of a plane, you fucking feel like you're falling. Okay. <laughs> okay. 
It's the most terrifying thing I have ever done in my life. First of all, he's getting to do it with one of the Golden Knights, like the Army professional, you know, that yeah. guy. I was the one that was hanging out with the dude, the, like the white guy with the cornrows. You know, <laughs> how many, how many, have you ever been in an airplane? Now he was, he said he was ex-military, jumped a thousand times, but the plane I went up on was like the size of a Prius. I mean, it wasn't big <laughs> at right. all. And he's like, oh, we weren't really fastened in. I was like, wait a minute, just because of seats with seatbelts, mm. because we like all piled into it, like everybody just scrunched up front. And then, you know, the door to jump out was like a garage door that just kind of rolled <laughs> open. And yeah. And so but oddly enough for me, like taking off and as we got to altitude, that was the part where I was the least scared. Like mm-hmm. I was like, OK, you know, because you're there's like, you know, 10, 10 or 12 of you all scrunched together. So you're like, all right, we're all here in this together. Um, and then they open the door and you get a little nervous. And again, for my experience, the guy wasn't like, you don't have to do anything. Don't worry about it. Like my guy says, all right, get out into the doorway like and I'm strapped to him. Mm-hmm. So but I'm I'm now hanging out of the plane. It's like, all right, put your feet up in the bottom of the fuselage, arc your chest out like this. And then when I tell you, you got to push out and jump. So, you know, and I'm freaking and out. And, 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 and he's strapped behind you. Yeah. 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 So I'm I we're facing front. He's behind me. And I've got my I'm like literally hanging out of the airplane as we're going. And there's not there's not a lot of time to think because I think the first person jumped. And you don't really have time to think, I don't want to do this. Yeah. And just in full disclosure, I brought a very attractive woman with me and there was no way I was going to say, I'm not jumping. Okay. You did not want to look unmanly. I was like, I'm going to do this. Okay? I, 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 I have many questions. You bought, <laughs> you bought a very attractive woman with you. Uh, yes. Tell me about this. What, what, how did this happen? I was it was a girl. We kind of dated on and off. And, and we, we used to do we used to have great adventures together. Like every time we, we hung out, we did something wild. And like and so, what? sex without a condom. What? what? <laughs> no, it was just I don't know. We just always had adventures. And, and I was like, you ever want to go skydiving? And she said, oh, my God. Yeah, I'd love to do that. And so we went one time. We had to bail because there was thunderstorms. Mm-hmm. And as I understand, that's not good time to be jumping out of an airplane. Got but it. we went back. She was game. She's like, no, let's do it. So we jump, you jump out of the plane and you're, you're pitching. Like you're seeing plane, sky, ground, plane, sky, ground. You're just rolling. And then finally you level out and it's so loud and you're, and you look down and it feels like you're falling. I can't describe this any other way. People told me before I jumped, nah, you'll feel fine. Like you jump out, it's like you're floating, but it felt like I was hurtling towards the, my death, towards the planet. <laughs> uh, and so then he pulls the ripcord. And and it's like your whole body just gets yanked. You're like, oh, my God. And then it's very quiet. But I do have a fear of heights. And right. now I'm floating and I'm looking, you know, several thousand feet down the ground. And then he's doing the whole thing with the, you know, hey, let's swing around and here, pull this. And you're like, we'll do like okay, back ground. up, back up. A man strapped behind you said, pull this. <laughs> hey, listen, at that point, you're like, I, I was I would have pulled anything. So like right. if it was like, get me to safety. But I was like, let's not play around with the parachute. Let's get down on the ground. That's what I want at this point. And at that point, it took forever. So I, I was like, oh, my God. Like I, I like when I look over a building, I get that feeling in my stomach. Like, yeah, yeah. like I mm-hmm. can't, can't do it. And I think I even told you when I went to the Grand Canyon, 
I had a real tough time with some of the trails because you look down, it's like 4,000 feet and you're like, yeah. Ah, yeah. So when we finally got to the ground and the landing was the softest thing I've ever felt. It was like landing on, you know, soft cotton pillows. Like I nice. didn't feel a thing. And I get up and my heart's racing. And I'm like, the last thing I thought of was I want to do that again. My right. friend, she she landed right after me. She's grinning and smiling. She's like, oh my God, that was so much fun. And I was like, in my mind, I'm like, Okay, I'm glad I did that. I faced a fear like I did it. I jumped out of an airplane. But the last thing I want to do is go up and do that again right now. I'm not saying I do it again like in my life. Mm -hmm. I'd like to try it again. But then I was I just remember being like that was freaking terrifying. And from my perspective, you definitely feel like you're falling. That's just from me. All right. Did you ever see that girl again? Uh, yeah, we saw each other a few times. I think that she is suspected at that point that my, you know, my bravado of like, you know, hyper masculine, like I'm this tough guy. She saw right through that. She's like, this guy's a mouse. Yeah. Sweet, sweet gal though. What was your next adventure? Sushi on a Monday? (laughs) No, I can't remember what it is. I think we went sword fighting. I can't remember. No, I, I, but you, but you, you jumped out to face a fear. That's pretty good. Yes, I have done that. I, and and just like I jumped in a shark tank to walk with sharks or swim with sharks, because mm-hmm. I was like, I'm terrified of sharks. So I did that. I won't say that I'm not scared of sharks, but again, I'm glad I did. I think there's a moment like you can still have a healthy fear of something. But I think anytime you can stand up to it and say, I looked it in the eye and I was OK and I got through it. So I'm happy. Yeah. Like, I love that he took a I mean, I think it's kind of weird to take a class on snakes, mm-hmm. you know, to get over your fear of snakes. I hate spiders. Last thing I'd ever want to do is take a class on spiders. Yeah. yeah, I'm terrified of an audit. I'm not calling the IRS. I'll just live with the fear. <laughs> exactly. So, but but I think that that there are few things that you can do as a person that are better than facing down your fears. Don't let that fear dominate you. Mm-hmm. You know, you might still walk away from it, being like, okay, I'm still afraid of heights. But you'll I mean, I, I'm so proud of myself. And you know me, Adam. Mm. You know, I, I have zero pride in myself. I know yeah, that's <laughs> so I'm really proud that I was able to do. You that. have a big fear of stepping into your own personal power. I think that's your biggest fear. <laughs> oh, yeah. I'm terrified of that. No, no, no. I can't, I can't do that. So. So, yeah, that was um, that was that was cool. And I would do it again. I would do it again. Um, but I would make you know what? If Chris can hook me up with the army guys. Let me do it with like the military, like the mm-hmm. legit guys. Then I th- and by the way, and I don't want to cast aspersions to like other parts of the world. But like if you're in a resort town in like the, you know, the Caribbean or something like that, just be real leery with okay. that. You, I'm not you, and, and any any country I'm in where they say don't drink the water. I'm not jumping out of a plane. If you exactly. can't get the water right, I'm not jumping out of a plane. You know what bit made me laugh when he said men have three emotions, happy, angry and confused. If there was ever a a time when I needed my wife here. (laughs) I was going to say it's now. Yeah. Alex would be like, yeah, those are the three. And by the way, the way he set it up was perfect because it's Mm -hmm. all it's all about a sports, you know, again. Well, it was a great season. How how, how did we lose? Yeah. (laughs) I can't believe we lost. Yeah. Yeah. No, that's 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 the range of our emotional yeah, I know when it comes to my emotions, you know, you have to grow emotionally. I think I'm a bonsai tree. I've only grown so far. <laughs> well, you know, but but if those are the three emotions, you know, you you got them down. Great. Why do you need four or five? Those three will just serve you fine. 
Yeah, it's it, it's like it's like, and it's like when I ask Alex to do something, like tell me what you want me to do, honey, and I'll do it for you. But just tell me quickly because I have I have no patience, and it's it's horrible. I just I can't. I go from zero to suicide. I just can't. <laughs> I do. I've told you this before. <laughs> I yeah, I know. I can't. Just tell me what you want. I don't need context. I don't need backstory. Just let me make make the end of the sentence come to as close to the beginning of the sentence as you can, and just 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 give me the verb. And and Stern is only. I, I can only do three things: fix, buy, and kill. That's all I can do. That's the list. Tell, yeah. Honey, just tell me what you want me to fix, or I'm going to buy a rope and kill myself. So that's all I can do. <laughs> I want to thank my pal Chris Porter for being on the show. Uh, check him out on social media. He is very, very funny. Honey, if they want to get a hold of us, where do they go? E. Adam Ferrara at Gmail. Um, thank you, Alex. They, yes. Uh, <laughs> the show is growing. It's all because of you. Do me a favor. Please tell 453 people about the show. Uh, that'll help us out. And if you get a chance to, uh, to leave us a review, you know, that always helps us with our friend. Mr. Algorithm. Honey, you, you still sound sick. Lay down. I got a frog in my throat. Oh. <laughs> uh, we're all in this we together. We miss you, Alex. We do. We're all in this together, brothers and sisters. So please share the road and remember that life is hard. So you take it easy on yourself. The pod has ended. Go in peace. I'm in New York right now. I miss my wife. She's home. She's not feeling well. If I was there, I would hover over her and make it worse. I'm pretty sure that's what I would do. <laughs> Are you all right? All right. Are you all right? What, you want me to rub the feet again? I was sleeping. <laughs> Drink this soup. It's me so aggravated soup. Angie's list is now Angie, and we've heard a lot of theories about why. I thought it was an eco move. Fewer words, less paper. No, it was so you could say it faster. No, it's to be more iconic. Must be a tech thing. But those aren't quite right. It's because now you can compare upfront prices, book a service instantly, and even get your project handled from start to finish. Sounds easy. It is. And it makes us so much more than just a list. Get started at Angie.com. That's A-N-G-I. Or download the app today. The Angie's List you know and trust is now Angie. And we're so much more than just a list. We still connect you with top local pros and show you ratings and reviews. But now, we also let you compare upfront prices on hundreds of projects and book a service instantly. We can even handle the rest of your project from start to finish. So remember, Angie's List is now Angie. And we're here to get your job done right. Get started at Angie.com. That's A-N-G-I. Or download the app today.